This is pod with me. As you are arriving to the house, what are your thoughts? Oh my God. Let's get a sound check. Are you ready to pod? Let's go. I'm here with Angel, and Angel has not seen his family in 50 years. Angel, you went to go take a trip to visit your family in Cuba, and you're going to tell us about your experience because it's fascinating um, of how Cuba really is, and people actually do not get to see the, the real side of Cuba. Tell us your first day you arrived to Cuba, and what was your experience like from there on? Well, we landed at Jose Marti Airport, and my first experience was that it was falling apart, literally deteriorating. Um, you know, it's the paint was probably 10 years old. Okay. So I've had friends that have gone to Cuba. They expect that, and they expect that it's been frozen in time, and they find it very nice. They think it's historic, and it takes them back in time, and that makes it beautiful. What do you have to say about that? Well... I've been, I've actually grew up in Cuba and I went back and visited my old neighborhood. It's difficult to imagine. Think of the transformation here in South Florida of South Beach, how it used to be really bad and now it's really nice. Cuba has done that in reverse. Uh, and it's a fourth world country in many, many aspects. So you get to the airport and you're seeing all this. And, and what's your thought? What, what were you thinking when you're seeing the airport and you're, and you're, you're there? Well, my first thought was, I asked my, my cousin, don't people work here? And she just mentioned that, yeah, some people work, but most people just don't. And there's no work. Okay. And that you said you asked her that because you saw a lot of people out on the streets. It was the middle of the day on a Tuesday. Imagine everybody here here in the United States would be working. Get down there and there there's people all over the place just doing nothing. Loitering around, just you know, just living life, sitting under a tree. And I'm not this is not a condemnation on the people. This is kind of an observation of what was going on. Got it. All right, yeah, because you come from the United States where everybody's working, so it was kind of like a little, you know, you saw the difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you arrive to your relative's house where you're staying at. As you are arriving to the house, what are your thoughts? Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine how bad it was. You know, I, having grown up there, I knew there was scarcity. Uh, and But the level of poverty is incredible. Um, we have houses that don't have working toilets. We have houses. So you arrive to the house. Okay, we're going to hear this in detail. You arrive, you go inside the house. <laughs> First time in the bathroom, what's going on? I'm looking around and I try to wash my hands and there was no running water. And there's, there's piping, but no water's coming out. So at that point in time, I kind of realized that we needed a bucket to do anything with water in the, in this in this house. And where'd you go get the bucket and where's the water? The water is stored outside of the kitchen in barrels, storage barrels. Um, then the water gets delivered as needed. As, as long as they can pay for it, water gets delivered. Well, at some point in time, nature has its callings, right? Uh, and when I asked about that situation, I was pointed to a bucket 
that I carried inside with me. So to do number two, you have to go get a bucket. <laughs> to do either number one or number two, you have to go get a bucket. And what's going on with that toilet? Uh, well, the toilet was 50 years old and the pipes inside had crudded, almost closed. Uh, it was quite the journey. Okay, so, so uh, you told me earlier that you uh, went and bought a toilet. Uh, as a critical situation in the household where I was staying, um, I realized that without a working toilet, that household could not stand. And we went out and we bought a toilet and had a new toilet installed. Okay, so but they were if you weren't there, were they would they be able to go buy a toilet? They would not have been able to afford a toilet. No. That, that toilet cost maybe four or five months uh, worth of uh, work. Wow. When it was time to go to sleep, uh, we they gave me a room, which was amazing because the, the, the house had a living room, two bedrooms, a kitchen, and that's it. And there were five or six of us there. And I, they gave me a room, and it was extremely warm. There was no air conditioning. Um you know, like some people had air conditioning, most people do not. And it's horrible. I mean, the good thing, it was February, so it wasn't the worst part of the year. Yeah. Um, All right, so then you woke up in the morning, and what, what was for breakfast? Nothing. No coffee, nothing? Nothing was for breakfast. We had coffee, but that was about it. Wow. Well, yeah. What were your thoughts there? What were... I miss McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there was nothing for breakfast. What did you What did you guys do? Where, where did you go? What, what was the activity for the day? It, it's amazing that it took three women to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the for the uh, people who lived in the house. Um, so that was a, an all day affair for them. Well, my uh, my cousin and I would go out and we would basically run a hustle. And I don't mean stealing. I just mean hustling from one place to another to find anything that we could see what was available. To uh, eat? Far, to eat. Yes, to eat. That was a daily goings on, going on. So the daily routine is to wake up to find something to eat. That's correct. All right. So where did you find something to eat? Um, roadside vendors. Some some government-owned stores. Did it look like CVS or Walgreens? Yeah, not quite. <laughs> so describe for me what was it like walking in there and what, how was it? Was it full? Was it, how do they get the food? Well, food comes in two forms. Government-sponsored food, and that's ration. Um, for anybody who wants government for everybody, it's ration. They get, I don't know, two pounds of rice a month or something like that, uh, which is crazy. But... It, it, it's a struggle. It's so a struggle. they get a list of what they can get a month, and uh, and the portions is according to how many people live in the household. That is correct. They they're allocated, you know, x number of uh, pounds of rice per month per person, uh, and you know, right. There's usually rice. There's usually beans. Everything else on the list, if there is, there is, and if there isn't, there isn't. So, just because it's on the list, if it's not available, you don't get it. Now, do they work? Yes, my, uh, well, yeah, my, we had two sisters. Uh, well, one, one, was some, one had just had the baby, the other one was taking care of the sick child, but my other cousin worked, yes. Every day it's a routine to go get food. If they had money saved or anything, would they be able to go to a restaurant? 
they would be able to go to a restaurant if, uh, when we say a restaurant, we mean a fancy, like a, a hotel restaurant. Anywhere in the tourist area. A tourist area. Uh, generally, they would have to have international currency. They, they, don't, they don't accept pesos in those places. So money from Cuba they don't accept. Money from Cuba they don't accept in, in the uh, hotel areas, the touristy areas. You can buy things with Cuban international currency or something like that, universal currency. And it would take, mm, let's say to buy a meal would take two weeks, maybe three weeks worth of work. So obviously they don't go. They do not go. No. And this is not just your family. This is everybody this in Cuba. This is everybody's family. Uh, as you know, Cuba has separated many, many, many families because you're not allowed to travel out. You're not allowed to travel in. And a lot of our families have been separated. And many have not seen their families in years. You know, my dad tells me that he painfully didn't see his uh, parents, my grandparents, for 19 years. Imagine not seeing your parents for over 19 years. I have friends that haven't seen their moms in five or six years. It's so sad. And my mom was actually in uh, the tourist area with my cousin back in the 90s. And she tells me that she was going to buy a Pepsi or a Coke for her. And as she's buying the Pepsi and Coke, one of the guards or security guards that are watching everybody comes up to my mom and asks her, who's that Pepsi for? My mom said, it's for my cousin and my cousin was right next to her. Yes, he can tell that she's not a tourist. He says, well, she cannot have the Coke. You can because you're a tourist, but she's not allowed to have the Coke. You cannot buy this for her. Can you imagine? And my mom also tells me the tale when they were in the house back when it all began and there were spies listening to what words you say. You, there are certain words you couldn't say or reference. That is correct. Oh, and the music. You can get arrested if they hear you playing certain types of music in the house. Can you imagine that? Now, what is the the career life? What If you want to have a career in a certain profession or something, what, what is that like? Well, I don't know about the, the Havana and in the urban areas, but we're out, out in Pinar del Rio, which is, you know, a, a fairly good-sized city. Um, I, don't, I don't see how, you know, if you're not within the party, within government, I, I don't see what kind of careers you could have. Wow. If you're, not a, if you're not a communist, you don't have a career. That's a good way of putting it. All right, got it. All right, so tell us about when the water arrived. So and this is water to drink, to shower, to do everything. This is this is the water supply for the house. You know, to do everything. Uh, a tractor pulls pulls up the street with a container behind it, with an H two O sign on it, and they will actually run a hose into the backyard. A hose. A hose. From the from the pipa, from from the okay. So a, a hose comes out of the tank into the other tank into, of the house. Correct, correct. It's like in the northeast, in the northeast uh, United States, how they deliver oil. It's like an oil delivery or a tanker truck coming into a gasoline station to drop off fuel. That's how they get water. Wow. Uh, no water bottles. No water bottles. No. You would think the guy with the tank would just get water bottles and bottle them up. There isn't. There are no water bottles to. Well, there's no. There's no plastic. Reality. There's very little uh, plastic uh, that I saw. Not that there aren't, because there are. And certainly, when you get to the touristy area, there are. 
But in the countryside? No. No. Everywhere else in Cuba? Just about everywhere else in Cuba, no. All right. So, all right. So, tell us about your little straw around Cuba. So, you saw Uber. So, Uber? Yes. Yes. Morning rush in Cuba is filled with Ubers. You can call over to the side. And they are actually either being pulled by a goat or a horse. That's their edition of Uber? That's their, yeah. That's their... Uh, uh, version of Uber. So a goat actually takes you? A goat a goat will actually take you from one place to another. It'll pull a cart it'll take you from one place to another. Just like a bus would here. It's know? very surreal to me because it's funny because I have friends that go and stay in Cuba and they stay in the apartments in the city and they say they have a fabulous time and it's so pretty and so beautiful and they go to the beach and so they're only seeing the tourist aspect of it. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, in Havana, you have these uh, classic 1950s cars, beautiful. All of that is what the tourists see. In reality, you get outside of that four or eight block area in Havana, and the most popular form of transportation outside of Havana is a VC taxi, which is literally like a rickshaw uh, out, out on the, in the east where you have two people sitting in the back and you have a guy pedaling a bicycle as a mode of transportation and you pay him like that like you would pay a taxi driver wow all right so you have the goat you have the guys pedaling and uh, yeah. horses horses you know, horses okay. and uh oh what was it the garbage they tell me that garbage is picked up whenever there's no schedule uh, and, and, and then when they come, and I saw this with my own eyes, I couldn't believe it. It's actually an ox-drawn cart that people just come up and hand in their garbage. And they pick, pick the, I don't know where they take it, but it's, it's amazing that they're still doing that on a daily basis. All right. And then tell us about when the little candle. As, as uh, every Cuban knows. The the electric power grid in Cuba isn't great, so there it's a, you know there are lots of outages when when the lights go out as they did when I was there. They my family used the Cuban emergency candles, okay, which are a saucer with some oil in it, a bottle cap, and a wick, a hole stuck in the middle of the bot by the bottle cap. For a wick and then they would light that and put four or five of them around the table so that we have some light and i thought it was romantic but no, I, you know what candles are expensive so if, if you're, you're on a budget now you know how to make a candle that's correct <laughs> <laughs> never thought about that wow <laughs> <Put it on>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's that's of course assuming that they had an uh in a ration match because they were only allowed 10 boxes of matches per month. Wow. All right. So, and then you took a stroll down the uh, to see the neighborhood. Tell us about the buildings. Um, just an amazing sight. This is more in Havana than, than anywhere else. Um, walking through through Havana, what you saw was... Where the where the cruise ships land in the tourist area is beautiful. Uh, it's been it's been maintained, restored. It's just a different world than the rest of Cuba. And that's just about about a couple blocks away. Just a couple of blocks away. I stayed at an Airbnb when I was in Havana, maybe 
five blocks from where the port is, from where the uh, the cruise ship landed. And if you walk along the boulevard, the Malecon, you enter the real Cuba. Well, no, Malecon is real Cuba. That's right on the bay. That it's the the main run that's still maintained fairly well uh, on the facade, on the first row of buildings, anyway. But if, if one block in, and like it's like you're in the worst part of the worst third world city you've ever seen. Buildings are literally crumbling and falling onto the streets. And people still living there. And people still living there. I, mean, I was amazed to see that buildings where the front had literally collapsed still had people living in the back of the building. You know, here we would have sent in a wrecking crew and would have brought that whole building down. But if you did that in Havana, you'd have no buildings left. Wow. One of the things that happened is I went back to the neighborhood that I grew up in. And I remember when we were there, and we left in 68, um, it was just a beautiful, pristine neighborhood. Every blade of grass was perfect. Uh, I mean, this is even eight years after, after the revolution. Everything was in fairly good condition. Went back and again, literally falling apart. There have been no paint. Some of these buildings hadn't seen any paint jobs in the last 50 years. It's like, it's just amazing. I, it's beyond your imagination. Wow. So if Venezuela, unfortunately, is under the same uh, structure, mm-hmm. you think they will be headed the same way, headed that way? I think Venezuela is there already. Yeah. Yeah. Venezuela is there already. I mean, there's there's open rebellion in the streets. All right, so any messages to those tourists going to Cuba? All the, all the people for equality and, and uh, all those good, all those good feel-good causes that we in the United States support. Uh, next time you go to Cuba, think about this podcast and see how good, how good that makes you feel. Heads, if you have not done so, you can download our very own app. It's available at all app stores. And there's no excuse for missing out on the pod because the pod is available wherever you can listen to a podcast. And here we go. At a count of three, everyone, let's sign off. One, two, three. Say it with me. Don't fall off the pod. <laughs> it's kind of corny, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs>